Welcome to this episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, we are with Roland Benson, and we are going to discuss ways to fuel your growth, even in a recession, and the climate we're in now. And as a bonus, you're going to learn how to train a flea and how that relates to us. I seriously did not know you could train a flea like that. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Over the last 35 years, Roland has helped thousands of small businesses increase their success by attracting new leads and turning them into clients. Roland is absolutely passionate about the global impact small businesses can have when they succeed. And that is why he is dedicated to impacting 100,000 businesses before 2027. Welcome you to the podcast, Roland. And tell us a little bit about uh, Fuel Your Growth and, and what you do. Okay, well, I started my company, which is Benson Design Associates, uh, 35 years ago, an advertising agency, and have built that uh, through several recessions. And then uh, last year, I decided, you know, I really need to get out there and share with more entrepreneurs, because my passion, my, everything in my life is about entrepreneurship. Um, my dad has his own company, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, I have six, six boys in our family, they all own their own companies, and so my goal in life is to help as many entrepreneurs as I can. So I really want to get out there and talk to more of them. So I've started fueling your growth to, uh, to start doing more speaking and more workshops and just taking on some coaching clients and working with them to help them grow through it. Cause I've been through, through numerous recessions, Oh yeah, you know, start, starting back then. And this one's been totally different for me. So, and that's where I see a lot of businesses fail is they don't plan ahead of time. And so right. that's what I really want to get in and help them plan right. because this won't be the last one that no, anybody goes through. No, this won't be the last one. It's definitely, I think this one, uh, what we're going through now is definitely going to change how we do business and how we interact. And, and I think it's going to change the landscape of things, but yeah, it's going to yes. be, uh, it's, it's always going to, you know, we're, we're always going to be going through ups and downs. There's, there's no way, no way around that. Yeah. You know, and again, whether it's, you know, I remember, God, I remember Y2K, I used to own a IT tech company and in Y2K, that was a big, you know, a big thing. And then the you oh, know, stock market crazy. crash of 2001 or the IT stocks went or, you know, all those just tanked in, you know, 2001 timeframe. But yeah, it's, it, it's always happening and, and whatever we can do to, you know, prep ourselves when that does happen. And only, to me, not only prep ourselves, but to capitalize on it and to, you know, how can we grow and, and make exactly. sure, how can we grow and make sure we survive? So Exactly. And I look at it, there's more than just the recession that we're having. Like now, it's kind of a financial uh, recession. You know, the stock market, well, the stock market's gone up the last two days, but right. it's been in the dumps. I mean, our phones have stopped ringing at the office and everybody's working from home because of the, you know, everybody's scrambling to see what they do. But there's also uh, recessions like the one in your own backyard. Like about two years ago, we were all fat and happy. Everything was exciting. Uh, the company was just going like always, and we got a letter in the mail saying we're being sued by one of our clients. 
So that became a recession for us. Right. We fought it. We won, but it cost us $50,000 and a lot of time and depositions and everybody was down at the office. They were worried. Right. So that was a recession that was not a recession for anybody else but us. And then right. I had employees leave with big clients. You know, we have all that kind of stuff. And then look what happened with Apple right now with the re- with their um, supply chain and right. their vendors not being able to deliver. Yep. So that's a crisis for them that we're not experiencing because, you know, what's going on with them. And then the theme that you just talked about, about growing is we watch our competition. Some of those guys are probably going to be worse off than, than we are. And some of the younger companies, and they're going to go under, or they won't be able to service their clients or take care of them. And then that's an opportunity to step in and help you right. know, service them. I hate to see anybody go out of business, but if they are, you might as well yeah. be there to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's, someone's got to help these clients out and, you know, it's, you know, if, if you can, uh, if you can be strong during, during these times, then, you know, you, uh, you definitely have a hand up on, on, you know, people, you know, and there's even crises like, God, I remember you probably, you probably got it in, in San Antonio as well, but like Hurricane uh, Harvey here in Houston, just, oh, yeah. it devastated yeah. this, you know, the, the city, you know, it wasn't just, uh, but it was weird. It wasn't anywhere, wasn't too much outside of Houston, but Houston really got, well, we got slammed during that. And it, uh, yeah, that was, uh. And, and we've got to prep for those. And so right. wh- what do you do with your clients? I mean, do you help them to prepare for these? Yeah. So we go through, a, a, everyone I work with, I go through the process with them and say, you know, the biggest thing that, a, that a, so just to step back a little. So when I was, my, my, really my entrepreneur training started when I was nine years old. So my dad had a large construction company and we get calls at the house because this was 71, right around that 70, 71. And uh, we'd get calls at the house and people would call and say, hey, is your dad home? And I said, no, he's not home. Uh, he's out on the job site. And they said, well, you know, because we didn't have cell phones, pagers, nothing, <laughs> just a big old black uh, AT&T phone sitting there in the kitchen. And I say, no, he's not here. And he said, can you take a message for me? I really have to get this to him. It's very important to make sure that this building gets done. And I'm sitting there going, I, I was very dyslexic. I had a lot of learning disabilities. I could barely write my own name. So I would go, uh, yeah, okay, I'll take a message. And then I started illustrating, started drawing pictures of everything that the person would say. And so when my dad came home at night, I'd lay out the illustration boards or the storyboards and we'd flip through them. And I would tell him the story about who called and who they were. And I'd even draw a number pictures for the numbers out and stuff like that. Yeah. And so now fast forward to now I can visualize things when I'm working with my clients and, and it's weird. I can see things it's almost like it became a superpower for me. Right. I know that's overused a lot, but that's what I really feel like it became a superpower. So when I go into a client, um, well, step back a little farther. So I went out in business to myself. And then once that happened, I noticed that every time that I got my client more business, they got more clients, then they would give me more money to get them more clients. So I became an expert on how to find uh, clients. Right. And so what I really focus with them is you don't want to just take every client. You want to get your dream clients. What are the top clients? So when I first started in business, I thought Pace Picani Sauce, Cat Holt, USAA, the big banks here in uh, Frost Bank and stuff in San Antonio. Right. Those were my dream clients. So I started calling on them. I realized first, everybody else was calling on them. Second, I was a one-man shop at that time and I could not handle anything that they gave me, even a newsletter hardly because they were so big. But then I got lost trying to get to one of my appointments and I went through this big place over here that has a lot of industrial park 
and I started noticing there's all these small mom and pops that are really cranking out. I mean, they're having Mercedes out front, you know, they're doing well, but no one's calling on them because no one knows they even exist because they're marketing to someone maybe in uh, New York or, or California. So they're not right. on anybody's radar. So I started calling on them and built from them to some of the big clients that are in San Antonio now that I have are because of those were little small guys that I worked with and build up. Right. But I found someone that had the passion and wanted to grow. And then I jumped in. Yeah, and, and I actually did the same thing growing up as I, I actually think in, in, in pictures, there's something I've, uh, God, I would say maybe a year or two ago, started doing, uh, things called mind maps yes. rather, rather yes. than, I don't know why I've never come across that, but that's something that helped me tremendously on trying to get my thoughts down is, is doing a mind map software rather than doing like a check, you know, a list and, and stuff that just didn't make, uh, didn't make too much, too much sense to me, but, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Another thing that I always take everybody through and we just did it, uh, me and my wife, my wife is the vice president of our company and she, or she's the president of the company and she, um, does all the sales. And so we sat down and did a stress test on the company. So we, if we figure we're going to be out for three months and our clients, like a lot of our clients are closing, like our medical clients, our dentists and stuff, they're completely closing. So they right. they stopped all their social media, all their AdWords, all that kind of stuff. So that was a big hole in our company that was monthly income coming in to pay salaries. Right. So we sat down and did a stress test. And when you do that, you have to be completely honest with yourself. Don't try to, because a lot of times, you know, when you go to mixers and you meet other businessmen, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, we just landed a million dollar job. And then in six months, they're out of business. Go, I wonder what happened to him. Yeah. Well, he's just telling us, you know, he's peacocking around telling a story. Right. So we sat down and punched holes through our business as much as we could to see how much money do we have? How many, how many outstanding invoices do we have? Who are those that we know that are going to pay? Like we have some from colleges we do work for. Well, they're going to pay no matter what because they're the government. Right. And then there's some smaller guys that already said, I don't know if we're going to be able to pay you on time. This might happen and that. So we boiled that down to see what we'd really have to do. And then we said, Okay, if we had to let someone go, who would it be? Who would be the next person? Who would be, or do we go to the employees and ask them to cut their salaries? Right. Hopefully, we it won't come to that, but we need to have a plan so you're not freaking out at the last minute, going, "Holy cow!" You know, all of a sudden we're we got a fifty thousand dollar a month payroll. What are we going to do about that? Um, and then the second thing we did is we really looked at our so vendors, called our vendors, asked them how they're doing, you know, and if they're going to be open or they're going to close. Uh, how are they going to deliver their products to us? If not, and if they can't, then who else do we find that can? Right. Another thing is we looked at our team, like our, oh, our, our CPA, our lawyers, our financial banker, our insurance, and made sure that they're going to still be around. You know, have we outgrown our CPA? Are they, are they holding true? Are they doing well? And right. so right. you need to have that team around you. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have that critical thinking because if you don't have that critical thinking, you're not going to, you know, you're, you're not going to survive it. It's, you've got to do that. And I've come to learn that when you try to make those decisions that you're doing at the time it's happening and you're within that fear or you're within that anxiety, your decisions are going to be poorly made. They're not going to be the right ones. You know, when you make them out of fear, it's usually not a, not the proper thing to do. It's, you know, you're, you're going to make bad decisions. Exactly. And, and even more than that, the people around you are going to be scared. So as leaders right. of our companies, you know, we're going to give, if we have something in our head that's terrible, like one this, like two weeks ago, I was really down. I said, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to make this one. <laughs> so I had to lay in bed for an extra 10 minutes and self-talk myself through it. 
And then I got up and said, okay, we're going to do this. Because if I would have called my employees and did a group call that day or called my clients, I would have come across like, oh, we're going to doom and gloom, all that kind of stuff. And it just doesn't work. Right. You, have, you have to be the leader. So you have to replace whatever's in your head is going to come out. So you got to replace that and get it out of the way so that you can move forward and, and empower the other people around you because that's what they're looking for. Yeah. you And I'll tell you, when things like this happen, that's you see good leaders and bad leaders. And it, it brings out uh, the type of leader that you are real quickly. So, you know, if, if, if you're a bad leader, then it's going to come out real quickly in, in situations like this, that, uh, uh, that you're not where you, uh, you're not where you're supposed to be, you know, exactly. It's, yeah. It's, well, and it also the say, go right along with that. You're going to see who your good and bad clients are. Yeah. So, so when they start freaking out and start demanding stuff or they start hammering on you or they want, they can disappear. So we've had a couple of clients just totally, I mean, totally disappear. I don't even know where they're at. Right. Uh, and you'll find out what you're, and it's hard to have clients that, that, you know, that you have a hard time getting along with and that, that bring you down. So right. that's one of the things to start looking for who, when, when you come out of this, who, how can you replace them and put someone in their place as a great client that'll work with you during good and bad times. Right. Right. So how, how, how do you, you know, fuel your growth? I mean, how, 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 what are the things that you do? So after we stress test our business, we sat down and really looked at where, what, how can we serve our existing clients? So we really doubled down on our existing clients. That's been the biggest thing we've done right now. We've, I sit and personally called all my clients and sat and just said, what's going on? How can we help? You know, and talk right. through it. I mean, even one of my clients I called last night, he wanted to talk about his kids for a half hour and that was fine because he needed someone to talk to about that yeah. they were going to be all right and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it really helped me build a relationship with a lot of these people. Like one guy said, man, we are, we're losing business. Like, you know, I don't, I think I might, we might die here. And, so I called him and we talked through it. And after we got done, he felt a little better about it. He said, you know, came up with some ideas. How can we, you know, everybody's going through this. People will, you know, there's government programs. There's all kinds of stuff. So we just talked through a lot of stuff. Right. It's kind of just some coaching that way. Right. So that's one of the things we're doing. And then we're looking for clients. Like in our area, the manufacturers are doing really well. And so we're really big in the manufacturer community. So we found some people that are still looking to build and still looking to do one. One guy called us and said, I want to be ready for the blood in the streets. I want to buy like five companies. So we're going to start working with him. So yeah. you just have to put your word out there, build those relationships and get out there and find out whoever you are, whoever right. they are and where they're hanging out. So how do you, how do you think this new, you know, this new way of doing business, how, how's that going to affect you? You know, I, I, again, I think, uh, I think the way that we, we run our companies and the, the way that employees are going to change, employers are going to change and how we do things is, is really going to change, especially the longer this goes on, the more inventive people are going to be, the more products are going to come out that are going to be based for remote, you know, remote stuff. You know, how, how do you, do you see that affecting how you are going to move forward? Yeah. I, I think some of my employees are liking the, <laughs> the opportunity to work out of the house and not to have to come into the office. We have this amazing office and I'd hate to ever lose it because it's just like I'm graffiti walls. It's just incredible. It took me forever to, to design it and come up with it. But I think everybody's getting more comfortable. Maybe the opportunity that they can work from home, maybe two right. days a week or something like that. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's what's going to change is people are going to feel comfortable about being at home. Like one of my clients, their rent's $13,000 a month 
And he's sitting there going, why don't I just give each one of my employees $200 to set up an office a month, set up an office, pay right. for their internet and all that, and just work at the house. And then right. I can save 13 grand. And then we get together at a restaurant once a month and have a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. I so think, start, a lot of people are starting to think totally different that way. Yeah. And, I, and I, the longer this goes on and the companies that are able to, you know, stay in business and, and, and operate, you know, not only are the employees going to, employers going to find out, Hey, maybe, maybe this is not such a bad, bad thing, but it's going to be hard to wrangle in the employees. You know, once, once yeah. they get a, a feel for that, it's going to be hard to say, okay, now you're back to, you know, <laughs> nine to five in the office and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be tough to, to do that. But I think we can, I think we can come out of this more efficiently. I mean, I think it's going to be, I think it'll, I think, uh, a lot of good, uh, inventions will come out of this on oh you know, yeah on how we i mean just look things. at zoom and there was a company in austin texas that uh, i just saw a beta program that they're doing and it should be up at how to run a whole conference online but you actually walk into the conference virtually you sit down to people people that are in the conference you can see them you can talk to them you can see the speaker on stage and it's just like i was just going my mouth was down to my uh, yeah. my uh, chest just going i can't believe this yeah. And instead of me having to get on a plane and fly to San Diego, sit through a four day conference, cost yeah. me 10 grand by the time I get done with everything right. and come back, I can sit down in the, and, and jump in and out of a conference anytime I want to listen to yeah. a speaker. I mean, how great would that yeah. be? I'd pay extra for that. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think there's so many things that were on the verge of happening that this just pushed things over. I mean, I do stuff like I do uh, cycling and stuff, which is you know big in, in your area as well, but I do cycling sure. and, and there's, you know, things like Zwift and these virtual reality cycling where we're on our trainers. You know, last night I was training with, you know, someone from Italy and, and someone from Spain. We were, we wow. were virtually riding, you know, wow. and it's, uh, you know, you're, I think you're going to see that in all aspects of, of life, not just business, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna change. Yeah. One of the things I'm worried about is mental health because there's a lot, yeah. you know, that's why I try to touch every one of my employees every day to see how they're doing and they're happy and stuff. Because yeah. I mean, I, I love to talk to people yeah. and not being able to walk over to my employees and talk to them and do stuff like that. And then go out in the grocery stores, you know, I mean, people are afraid to even look at you. Yep. So, and you don't get to go to church anymore because that's, you know, I mean, yep. so it's like, there's no social interaction. And so it's kind of, I think it's going to get tough. My grandkids, my, we're up, a week ago, but now there are mayor said, no one leave their house, you know? So my daughter's going, we're not leaving. Yeah. So we won't see them for a couple of, you know, three or four weeks. So yeah, we had them come over. So they're all staying granddaughter and daughter and everyone is, is staying here at the house. So we're trying to keep everyone. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Trying to keep everyone to everyone together. But yeah, you know, one of the things that I did with, uh, with my mastermind team is we did a, uh, a virtual happy hour. I think, uh, two or three nights ago, we all had had a few drinks and we're on zoom and just had kind of a happy hour like you'd normally have at a, at a place. So it's uh yeah, you can do that with lunches. I did that with the lunch. I invited a client to lunch and ordered him food and had it sent to him. And we sat there and on, on zoom and had a lunch. So that was interesting. Yeah. And they loved it. They thought, man, how creative that is that, you know, and if you can yeah. show your strengths now of what you can do and how you can think out and that, you know, then they're going to look at you later in life and go, wow, if he can do that for that. You know, what else can you think of for us? Yeah. How old, how old is your granddaughter? I have, I have four grandkids. I have an eight year old uh, grandson, a, how's the other one? Five, three and a puddle of goo. Okay. So yeah, he's my, barely turned one. <laughs> yeah. My granddaughter just turned, she'll be nine this year. So she's, 
out, right? Yeah, she's she's getting big. Yeah, they're. Uh... Yeah, well, what was funny is my three year old was over and st- spent the night with us. That's the first night time she spent by herself, and I was we were sitting there watching a movie about a princess, and I turned to her and I said, "Collins, would you like to be a princess?" And she said, "No." I said, "No." She said, "No, Grandpa." I'm going to be a superhero. So I thought <laughs> that that fueled me more than anything. That got me out of my funk real quick because she said, didn't say I'd like to be, maybe someday I'd be, maybe when I get older. She said, I am going to be a superhero. So it was like, just a matter of fact. Yeah, that's- And that's, that's what I've noticed is you have to, your mindset has to be on top right now. And whatever you got to do, I found myself, uh, today I kind of got down a little because I was watching all these- uh, all these online people talking about how great they're making all this money. You know, we can make $40,000 an hour and all that. I just had to get that out of my head and just get back into my own business <laughs> and not worry about what they're doing and, yeah. you know, all the crap that they're slinging. So we just yeah. have to find out whatever that mindset is, whatever we need to do, we know how to keep on top of that or it'll kill us no matter how strong we are. Yeah. Have, our, have you ever uh, read that book from my uh, Todd Herman, Alter Ego? I haven't. Oh, that's a, that's a fantastic book. You should, you should pick that one up. And it talks about, you know, who's your superhero and and having that alter ego to get through, you know, tough times, you know, how would, you know, how would so-and-so act in, in this situation? So it's, yeah, it's a great book. Oh, back the thing that changed my everything. Cause when I was, you know, growing up dyslexic in the seventies, they didn't think it was, they thought I was retarded. They put me in the slow classes all kinds of crazy things. We actually, when I was 12 years old, there's a man came to our house and said, I went to my mom and said, we're taking your son to learn how to sharpen lawnmower blades. So to a school away to learn how to sharpen lawnmower blades. Cause then he'll be able to uh, support a family someday. And luckily I had a strong mom and she chased him off the porch with a broom, <laughs> but it got to that point. And so I started believing it. You know, I started thinking, man, I'm never going to do anything. I am an right. idiot. Um, uh, cause man, uh, and so I was my he I mean the guy I was listening to at the time was a guy named Skip Ross and then I after Skip Ross I, my parents were in Amway and then they got tapes from Zig Ziglar. Okay. Zig Ziglar talks about how to train a flea. And that's yeah. what changed everything for me. And so what I do now when I speak is I have a jar and I have I have fake fleas in it. I talk to him about and so people that don't know what this is, if you put a flea in a bottle and you put a lid on it. Now, a flea can jump. I mean, it can jump. It's not, it can jump higher than any other animal for its size. Uh, you know, if you took an elephant, it can't jump as high as a flea could for its size. And, and you put it in the bottle and you leave it there for a couple of days and it hits its head. It stops jumping just shy of the lid. And you can take the lid off and those fleas will continue to jump. And then eventually they'll die in there, even though the lid's off and they could get freedom. They'll actually have babies while they're in there. They'll jump and hit. I, they'll see their parents stop and they will stop. Right. And I thought, man, how interesting is that? So what I noticed is I put my brain in that same bottle and I told myself story. And each time I tell my story, you can't do that. You're never going to be able to support a family. You're an idiot. You know, you're retarded. All these things. I started tightening that lid. And then all of a sudden, when I thought of things, I thought within that parameter, oh, you, you can't do that. That's right. You remember, you can't read, you can't do this. You can't yeah. do that. So once I started self-talking and say, no, I can do that, I started taking that lid off and I was able to pull my brain out and go, you know, maybe, maybe I can't do this exactly like that, but I can do this. Right. And, uh, and then I learned how to, and before, just instead of being upset and think God hates me and all that, I started really focusing on, I got the Macintosh, greatest invention for me in the world. It reads everything to me, you know, and then my iPad with Evernote, it records every meeting. And when I draw pictures, it keeps the track of it. So I just found things that, work for me. Right. And, uh, and then, it, and then I just, 
I had, I had a coach and uh, she said, you know, you got to start telling people you're dyslexic. I said, there's no way I'm not telling nobody because then they'll fire me. They'll think I'm an idiot and they won't pay me. And so at the time I was doing a lot of litigation graphics. We do these giant cases, like $300 million against Samsung and stuff for patent infringement. So I sat down with these attorneys. They're about $2,000 an hour attorneys. And I went up to Barry Chasnoff and I went, I'm dyslexic. I can't read. And he goes, wow, we, we thought something was wrong with you because you're always misspelling everything. Why don't you just tell us? We would have been glad to help you. <laughs> I said, you're not going to fire me? He said, no, you're so creative and you, you can think on your feet and there's no one like you. Why would we fire you? And I guess, so I said, I don't read. He said, who cares? That was like eye-opening to me because I thought if people found out about that, my secret, that I would be out on the street. So yeah. that was really eye-opening. And everyone, you know, that, that's the funny thing is most people have those secrets that they think if... Yeah. If that gets out, they're going to fire me. They're not going to want me here. And I mean, it's almost like a, a movie Fight Club. You know, the first thing you learn about, you know, Fight Club is you don't talk yeah. about that. <laughs> Outside exactly that, you, right. you don't talk about it. You know, it's uh, but we all have it. And it's it's really that, you know, enculturated mind. And, you know, the stuff we are taught by the age of six or seven truly runs a majority of our life. I mean, that's, you know, those, those things, those, you know, the things that were said, the, you know, the news, the, the stuff that was said to us, the, you know, what was going on that really molded who we were. And even to this day, people don't realize how much of our lives are really, you know, enculturated and, you know, that enculturated mind of, of who we are. It, uh, it drives, it drives so much. And the great thing is you can change it. I didn't think you could, and I, uh, I have two sons. Uh, one has a lot of anxiety and stuff. So I bought him a set of tapes and I listened to him. And there was a lady that could not drive a car. And so what they told her to do is just carry a set of keys around with her for a while. And then they walked her through this big process. But what I saw is there's other people that have things worse than I do. You know, I, and so I had a coat, the same coach that I was working with that got me to talk about my dyslexia. One thing I could not do when I, I'm, I'm talking 40 years old, I could not return anything to the store because I was scared of what they would think of me. I had so many, my wife said, you, if you want it returned, you'd return. I had a closet full of crap. Just, <laughs> <laughs> so my coach says, you know, this is not too good if you're running your own business and you're in marketing that you can't talk to people. So she said, I'm going to have you go to uh, the biggest mall in your town. And so at that time it was North Star Mall. And she said, I want you for one week, for two hours a day to walk around and say hi to everybody you can see. So I walk and say hi. And she said, do not stop and talk to anybody. Remember, you're scared of them. I said, you don't have to tell me. So I did that. And then I said, okay, I did that. Didn't really do much for me. She said, okay, now next week, I want you for two hours a day. I want you to go ask everybody what time it is. So this was before the iPhone and everything. So I'd walk right. up and I'd say, what time is it? Sorry, says 10.01. And then I go to the next, what time is it? It's 10.02. So I, I know what, how long it takes to walk the whole mall by every second because I've asked everybody. <laughs> and then she said, I want you to go to the mall next time and for uh, a week for two. And I want you to talk to everybody. By that time, I was like, you know, these people are just like me. I walked up to a guy and started, I said, where's Macy's? Oh, it's down there. Or, Where did you get that pretzel? And then I started talking and then I found myself talking to someone for 10 minutes. So now my goal in the, is to talk to everybody on earth. So I go out of my way to talk to everybody. And I've met the most interesting people. And I mean, I go to this big trade show in Vegas, uh, SEMA. Mm -hmm. And some of the people there, I, I went up and talked to a guy that was a Fortune 500 company, is like a president of Ford. 
And they said, well, you can't go up and talk to him. I just went up and I talked to him. And I, I'm not scared to talk to anybody anymore. And it's changed my life completely. So I had to take that fear, though, and do it in baby steps and just go out and do it. And it was it was scary. I mean, I have I had to throw the shirts away. My armpits sweat so bad the first couple of days. But now, you know, I embarrass my, I embarrass my kids because I'll just go up and talk to anybody everywhere. And, <laughs> and I think... I think that's a good lesson for everyone to do because, I mean, I think everyone has those same fears to a, a certain level that, you know, I think very few people are just gifted with the ability to go and talk with anybody. I've I've met a few, but in general, I think that's a great idea for anybody to go and do. I mean, it's, you know, you, you've yeah. got to, you know, that's a, so what, what about doing things like, uh you know, Facebook live and these other things? Are you... Doing so, I I took that on because video was not. I mean, I could talk to people, but I had a hard time on video. So I started doing one every day about two weeks ago, and I've been posting on Facebook and LinkedIn tips. Uh, really, I think they're really good tips anyway. Uh, every day for the last fifty-five days, and I'll continue that forever. I think because yeah. I get so many people coming up to me and and telling me, you know, I really appreciated that thing. I needed that right then. Right, and then right. my Facebook lives. So one of the things that worked the best, I've been doing them. I have a studio in my office, um, and so when I do one in those, I get pretty good hits. But the other day, I was just out in my car. I, I just ran through the rain. I got in. I said, "Hey, I just saw this." And I started talking. And I got more hits on that, because, and it was just it was my camera was jiggling inside the car, but it was like just real. And so I started doing more of those, and I get more hits on those than I do in my studio where I'm perfectly sitting, you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. I thought that was real interesting. Yeah. People want to see, you know, people being authentic. So I think that's where, you know, I think that's where that comes from is, but I think we're going to see a whole bunch of that coming out again. I think our, our whole society is going to kind of shift over and, and make a, make a shift into this virtual, you know, doing Facebook lives to, you know, really trying to communicate. You know, I think it'll be a while before we kind of get back to normal. If, if we ever yeah. even get back to normal. Which, well, and self-education is becoming such a big thing now. And there's so geez. many gurus online. I'm, I'm working with uh, Dean Gracioli and um, Tony Robbins on their thing going through that. And, just, yeah. you know, I mean, KBB it was is, the biggest launch ever. Yeah, KBB is a, a fantastic thing. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And, and that's, to me, that's, that's one of the biggest shifts that we're going to see is we now have the ability to go and learn from the greatest of whatever we, whatever field, whatever, whether you're a chef, whether you, it doesn't matter what you, what you're doing, you can go and learn from the best of the best for virtually, you know, pennies on the dollar. Exactly. You, know, you, you can take someone's life work and, and get trained by them. So, I, you know, again, you have, we have more information on our cell phones now than was being taught in colleges, you know, 12, 15 years ago. It's, it's oh, amazing. Yeah. So that's, yeah, the self-education movement, I think that's where everything is definitely going to go. And this, you know, what's going on now is going to push that even, even further. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. my, there's no stopping. My son-in-law it. teaches at a college and he's all online now. He's loving that. And the kids are too. And so there might be more in that because so they don't have to build a million or, or right. $50 million building. They just, you know, put a couple more computers in. I think, I think education is going to be one of the biggest changes coming out of this than anything because you're going to you're gonna have students that that can now do it online and you know, we've got the technology and, and i don't think there's going to be going any going back for the way schools were done i think right. even even uh, you know below college i think it's going to change 
you know, my granddaughter's doing online classes now, you know, since they closed the school, they're now doing, you know, things on Google docs and, and doing things. And I think that's going to grow. And I think that's going to yeah. be a, a huge change. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and I think, uh, Tony or one of them said that it's going to be a billion dollar a day industry before long. Cause yeah, I mean, I remember when I first started out, just, uh, I had to learn how to do color separation, all these crazy things that <clears throat> no one does anymore, but I had to actually go to the people that did it, sit there for two or three days and watch them and learn from a master that has been right. doing it for 25 years. Right. I couldn't get on YouTube and fast forward the parts I didn't care about and listen, yep. you know, and smell this horrible breath. It was like, it's, I mean, like I needed to fix my lawnmower. I just Googled it and yep. it was fixed in a minute. It's just incredible. And so that's where I really want to go is take my 35 years and I've been down the road so far and I've gone over so many speed bumps and taken so many shortcuts. So that's, I want to teach the younger entrepreneurs how to do that because right. I think that's so important. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, matter of fact, uh, you, you speak of that, but, uh, what we'll do on the end of the podcast or on the show notes of the podcast is we're going to put the link so everyone can go to your, uh, you know, go directly to your site. Uh, they can link okay, to it awesome. right, link to it right from the, right from the show notes. And I know you have that, uh, that one program, the 15 ways to grow your, your business, you know, even in recession, Yeah, boy, that's right now that is, uh, th that's like gold. I mean, we're, <laughs> you know, we're in a time right now. I mean, it, it's, you know, you hate to call this a recession, but it's, it's, it's a shift in, uh, a shift in, in the economy. I mean, it's, so it's, it's yeah, I mean, uh, and I think the one thing, if if they only do one thing, let's say they don't even download it, if they just sit down and put a plan together, even though we, you know, we can't maybe plan on to go to this mixer, or do this or do that, but we need to put a plan together, a short term plan. How are we going to get through this? How are right. we going to take care of what we need to take care of? Right. Because to me, I, my employees are, some of them been with me for 15 years and I can't just say, you know, see ya. Right. I mean, I just, you know, so I think we really need to watch that and, and get in touch with whatever we need to do. And we need to make sure because sometimes as entrepreneurs and business guys, we're so focused on our business. We forget about our wife and our family and our yeah. kids. I mean, yeah. I'm super guilty of that. So we have to check in with them too. Are you all right? Because we don't know what they're carrying. Yeah. And, and I talked to some of my clients and I'm going, they're freaked out more than I am. And some of them, one guy has uh, 500 employees I talked to yesterday. I mean, that's a huge nut to pay every month. And and, uh, yeah. their business has dropped by 30%. It's just getting started. I'm hoping by, you know, three weeks from now, three or four weeks from now, things will at least be starting to come back a little. I mean, you know, it's definitely yeah. not going to get back to the way it was for a while, but at least see some light in the next couple of weeks. You know, I think, uh, but you know, you talk about talking with your family and stuff and that is, boy, that's important. And we've got to be careful. Like I, especially me, you know, with, with my grand, my granddaughter here right now is, yeah. I've got to be very careful on how I, you know, my mindset when I'm around her and, you know, how I talk and, and because, you know, kids, especially they pick up on this and, you know, the last thing they need is, uh, you know, more, you know, more worry from, you know, picking up the vibration and the energy from, from, from us. So. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no reason for them. They just need to be kids and enjoy yep. themselves and, you know, run into the wall or whatever they do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. Well, it was great. Uh, it was great having you on the on the podcast today. I know uh, people are gonna go get uh, go get this information, and and it's it it is such valuable information. And it doesn't matter if you're running a uh, you know a huge company, you're you're just running your your family. You still have to have these same 
skills and you still have to, you still have to do the planning. You still have to, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're running a, a huge company or not. I mean, this information is, is valuable at, at any level. Yeah. We had to plan out our food because we had to look, cause I went to get eggs five different times, zero eggs, yep. zero milk. And so we had to sit down and go, okay, what do we have? What, what are we going to eat? Because I'm not going to go fight it. You know, I'm not going to wake up at four in the morning and sit in line to get a dozen right. eggs. Yeah. But so what do we have in the house? How can we make that work? And now we've got a different plan. So when this is over and we can buy stuff, then what do we need to replenish and what do we need to keep around? So if this happens again, just right. like we have, we live out in the hill country. And so we have a big propane tank. And so we made sure that was full because yeah. worst comes to worst, we have hot water, we have, you know, we have, uh, we can cook and do all that kind of stuff. But just think of little things that ahead that we didn't think about because you went to the grocery store every day or you ate out every day. And all yeah. of a sudden you go to the cupboard and it's there and you go, wow, we should have thought about this. Yep. Yeah. We used to, speaking of uh, the Hill Country, we used to go out and ride bicycles on the, I guess, part of the Three Sisters. I guess it's the loops kind of around in there. It's, it's up in the Hill Country, but man. It's... Yeah. So we live in Bernie and there's a loop that goes by our house. Okay. Yeah. Some days on a Saturday, we'll get 300 bikers coming by that. Oh, yeah. By us, yeah. 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 On bicycles, it's... Uh, on bicycles, yeah. yeah bicycles and then motorcycles oh, follow them. And, oh, yeah. 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 It's uh, beautiful up there, though. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And again, I really want to thank you for your time today. You know, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And again, everybody listening, go to fuelyourgrowth.com and download his quick guide. He's got a guide called 15 Quick Ways to Grow Your Business Even in a Recession. Go there and download that. Uh, and again, we'll also put it in the show notes. So if you're done, you can go to the show notes. But go and visit Roland's, uh, Roland's website. 